This is the Power Power Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. All right, so we're going to continue chapter nine of Esther. Um, And so let's pray. Lord, I pray that you will help us guide us through this segment. Um, This, obviously how Esther saw that there was spiritual battle still yet to continue. And and we need to be reminded as Christians that um, bloodshed is a last resort for you. And that anytime you sent in the troops, it was for spiritual reasons, not for, not primarily for other reasons, and um, which are monetary or land mass or whatever, that anything you do on this earth is for spiritual significance. We tend to think in linear sense, but you have a over you have a eternal kingdom that you are way more interested in. Um, that you have been building since you returned. That that is what will last forever. Um, your eternal kingdom. And its groundwork is spiritual. Its groundwork is what is unseen. So I pray that we would focus on the unseen today and you would help us through the rest of chapter 9. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to talk about how Esther was like, remember yesterday, do this thing again. And... Not following through with Jesus on things like that, we can get pretty disillusioned if we're if we're thinking on earthly terms. Um, we can side very quickly with this world and what this world thinks. Um, this world, what this world thinks, hypocritically about violence, um, by and large, um, violence that we um, kind of fool ourselves into thinking that is not going on. Well, that's okay. Um, violence that we condone, that's okay. Violence, you know, we're, t- we're full-on hypocrites. And so when God says that place is really evil, we'll go there today um, in Genesis 18. When God says that place is really evil, we're like, <gasps> it's total and utter hypocrisy. We are violent from the word go, out the womb. We are hateful people. We hold grudges, same as, same as murder. God tried to tell us. Jesus tried to tell us in the New Testament, it's the same thing. When you hold a grudge, when you bear a grudge, when you're bitter against somebody else, it's the same as hate, it's the same as murder. And we have the nerve to even suggest the one who sent, the one who did not withhold his son, to even suggest that he's more violent than we are. And it's turned a lot of people away, this misunderstanding. 
So let's look here. Um, what, what we have in, in Esther 9 is Esther said, do this for another day. You kind of hear a stress tone uh, from a King Ahasuerus um, about what is going on and the number of people that are being killed. So, I mean, it, if you've ever found yourself in a King Ahasuerus situation, you're not alone. You're not alone thinking, whoa, what is going on? That's exactly what he asked. He said, what is going on? What is going to be done to the rest of my kingdom? You remember that? And so, here we go. Then Esther asked, this is verse 12, 13, um, that another day be granted for the Jews to do the same thing they had done the 13th and the 14th. And then also hang Haman's sons. Now, if we just read over that and we're like, oh, she's a bit violent. We would miss probably the truth behind why. And we need to check and double check ourselves. Because what did we say about Haman at the beginning of the book? We said that he carried a religious a false god hold demonic read demonic hold on the whole of the kingdom and I'm a guessing it was even worse in Susa and so what Esther said was more in tune to what God commanded the Israelites to do as they entered the promised land. Wipe them all out. It's not because he's interested in a bloodbath. He's interested in what? Holiness. We, if we just look at it from human terms, blood equals bad. Well, God gave the, the, us the, the, the opportunity to attach that to a person, namely his son. That he was not, as I said, as he was not willing to withhold from us. And it was us who killed him. And he knew it. And he, no one took his life. He laid it down. But this blood atonement was paid for by God himself. And life is more than what we live out. Do we know this? Life is more than what we live out on this earth. What is more important? Let's put it in this, these terms. What is more important than being right with your creator? 
I mean, if eternity is true, if heaven is true, if there is a there is a street paid with gold, if there is a forever and a forever, what is more important? That I live 60 years on this earth without anything happening to me? Or realigning with the holiness of God? That was the testimony he shed throughout the promised land. He sent his people to bear his testimony city after city after city after city. Because what is more important? Now? Are you kidding me? I mean, have you looked around recently at what's going on on this earth? Whoa! Now, there's no one more hopeful than our, than our Jesus about tomorrow. So we don't need to get down, 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 down. I can spiral with the best of them, but we don't need to do that because our Jesus is a God of hope. But really, have you looked around? You know, I, I don't know if you're if you know what happened in uh, Genesis, but there were more than one. There was more than one tree. There was, there was only one that was forbidden, and that was the knowledge of good and evil. And they disobeyed God. We know the story. Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God. They took the fruit. But then there was another tree. You know what that one was called? Everlasting life. You know what our Lord, in his goodness, and his kindness, what he did? He kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. This is that kind? Of, yes, it is. Imagine eating the tree and having to live this way in a sin-infested world forever and ever and ever. So it's just a, it's just a matter of adjusting our lens. King Ahasuerus didn't have, the, the lens wasn't quite adjusted, but what did he do? He trusted his wife. She was like, there's more to do in this city. And it had nothing to do with the bloodbath. It had to do with the stronghold. Which leads me to my next item of discussion that I have honestly been been praying about all day and I'm going with caution because it, it, it's the elephant in the room when it comes to our racial divide um, I think it's a Lecrae lyric where he talks about there's nothing more segregated than Sunday morning and the elephant in the room is order of service right Maybe we can all agree. I'm just imagining that you're agreeing with me. I could be totally wrong. But I think it's order of service or order in the service and what our thermostat is set at. Some of us, some of us have a low, low tolerance for speaking of anything in the spiritual realm. 
White people, raise your hand. There's just, it doesn't even come up. Sometimes you're wondering if the Holy Spirit runs the show at all. He's never brought up. And I've been at all kinds of services. All kinds of services. And then we have, on the other side, or the other extreme, there's deliverance every Sunday. Sometimes over the same stuff. And I have friends from all walks, all walks. But what I never noticed, and what white people are sometimes afraid of, is a lack of peace. Now, it was chaotic. Yeah, it was a little weird for me. I was uncomfortable. I'm a white person. I'm as white as it gets. I was uncomfortable. But when I talked to the people there, well, I wasn't talking to psychopaths. They had peace. So if we're going to endeavor to kind of understand and kind of move toward the middle on some of our ways that we do stuff, ways that we do stuff that sometimes exclude people if we're just honest. Is that spiritual strongholds need to be addressed. They just do. Um, I'll share a little story, a personal story. My great, my grandmother, my great grandmother, sorry, she was a kept woman. And my grandmother, she, rest in peace, my favorite person walking along on the earth for a very long time. She was so ashamed of this that she didn't tell anybody until she was 90-something and close to death. And I'm just going to tell you right now, having gone what I've gone through, that it would have been nice to know we had that issue in our family. It just, um, I won't leave that there. It would have been nice to know. My beloved white people, we got issues and there is no use trying to avoid them. Overlook them, thinking they're gonna come out in the wash. There are some demonic strongholds we have to look in the face and expel. On the other hand, we don't have to let every spirit that walks by have access. Why? Why? Why do I say this and why can I say this? It's because we can test every spirit. Did you know that? We can test every single one of them. Hey, stop. Confess that Jesus is the Son of God and rose again the third day. Thank you very much. Before you get any more access. Also, when we obey scriptures like this from Luke 10, 27, we guard ourselves. Now, some of us are so broken down. 
We left our hearts scattered and trampled way back there. Our souls been passed out over there. Our mind, we just stopped with that because nobody told us that our mind mattered. And strength, forget it. I'm tired. I have no strength. But when you garner up by the Spirit of God alone, these things, and, and you cannot do this without Him at the center, giving you to the, the wherewithal to do it. But it's this verse, Luke 10, 27. He answered, love the Lord. This is our answer. Love the Lord with all your heart. What do you do when you surrender your heart to Let me put it this way. There's a safe. Okay? You open up the safe. It's got a combination. Combination is the blood of Jesus Christ. The combination is salvation through him alone and by faith alone. Once. All we say is repent. All we do is repent. Repentance is continual. But once you have gotten saved, that's it. He's not letting you go. It's not your job to keep you. He's not letting you go. So there's this safe, and it's got a combination. So what do you do? You put your heart inside that safe. Right? I have to have pictures. You put your soul inside that safe. You put your mind inside that safe. You put your strength inside that safe. And you ask your God to help you do it. You shut the door and you spin that little dial because ain't nobody getting in there. So what she did, Esther, she saw what was obviously still a spiritual need. And I hope that our churches can dust themselves off, dust off their shoulders, whatever, get up off the ground, not be afraid to talk about these things, not be afraid of the way people do stuff, not ignore Issues that need to be dealt with. And lean into the everlasting arms. That will carry us through the vision. Carry us through animosities. Will carry us through hatred and bigotry. Will carry us through. We may have to get up again over and over again, but... He'll carry us through as we seek his face and we obey him. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.